0: Hey everyone welcome to the 18th episode of field reports i'm your friendly neighborhood dm tom and i've got a few things to cover before we get into the speed run of the next six episodes of the campaign first and foremost thank you for sticking with us for the last three years on uh probably one of the craziest rabbit holes that we've gone down thus far as a group of friends we're glad you're here we wouldn't have it any other way second please check out our social media accounts on most major platforms. Just search for The Medusas Cascade on the platform and give us a follow. We have some cool stuff coming, and it's worth checking out. Lastly, if you're listening on a streaming platform, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it does help get the podcast out there for others to discover, and we would all appreciate the love and support. Now, without further ado, we'll jump into Field Reports number 18, Echoes of the Past. Making a stop in the Heartwood, the group does some shopping and gathers some new gear for their journey ahead. They meet with an Eldrin, Alprana, the proprietor of a shop named the Brass Jackalope. There, they come to a deal uh, with her on several items, but in particular, the vile arrows that Atros had made for the group. Agreements for that and other custom items are made and as they step outside, they come upon a very familiar tavern to everyone except for Hoshino. There, they are greeted by new staff, Ara, the bartender, and Nettie Ray, the cook, and they notice the absence of Welby and Chico, and are eventually greeted by the journeyman. JM explains what's been happening since they last saw the group. Introductions are made between Hoshino and JM, and Salix is visibly upset by their lack of communication and care with the group. Things are explained. Uh, Welby has since retired after the traumatic event. Uh, Chico now runs the tavern in brick-and-mortar form in Balazar, and the group receives updates on JM's other party they are currently working with. The group also catches Jay up on what has transpired over the time that they have not seen each other as well. And Hoshino is blown away by the information and is then rocked with the idea that he could return to his own time. Individual conversations are had between J.M. and Salix, J.M. and Galahad, and Shanks, uh, on a varying array of topics. Salix is given an apology as to J.M.'s actions. Galahad and J.M. discuss the constable's affinity for zex and the situation that led to zex going to the feywild Uh, and shanks got some advice and clarity on some situations with the help of their patron Uh, later on uh, we get some bonding uh, from zex galahad and hoshino in the training room downstairs hoshino informs the two of a bit of his backstory and galahad suggests to zex that a hunt might be in order if he indeed wants to connect more with Solinar. Preparations are made and the three of them head into the forest to hunt an elk. Hoshino and Galahad are informed to keep an eye on Zex's bloodlust or potential bloodlust and they manage to track their prey into a clearing. After they kill the elk, Zex spots a grey-green wolf and immediately makes a break for it. it runs in the opposite direction and he eventually catches up with galahad and hoshino catching up not too long after him and uh, he almost follows it into a stand of birch trees though galahad and hoshino talk him out of it the three finish the hunt and take what they need while providing the rest as offerings and food for those in need the following day the party begins to gather their things from the tavern Uh, pick up their custom items from the brass jackalope and board the airship back to Nymora. It's there, after several days of travel, that the group comes to a shocking scene. The Vitalis estate has been turned into a crater in the ground and is surrounded by the city guard. Zex, Galahad, and Glad uh, go to find out what's been going on and see if Kyver perhaps had anything to do with it. They suggest that the rest of the party heads to Seti and while they take a preliminary look at the state of things. Upon asking questions, uh, a guard informs Zex, who is using his status as a bounty hunter, to speak to Lieutenant Flash. Uh, He would be able to provide more information. The trio goes, and Zex leaves Duo there to survey the area and uh, keep watch in the meantime. Lieutenant Flash carefully provides the trio with his thoughts on the situation and Zex explains that he is one of the lost children and that he is uh, currently a bounty hunter Uh, he further explains that his bounty Kyver may have been responsible and offers to help in his capture the lieutenant appreciates the tenacity and says very plainly to Zex that while he can't officially tell him that he can look through the wreckage He can say that if he doesn't get caught, then it's fine by him. They are informed about a group matching the description of Aqua, Sirius, Shanks, and someone who looked a lot like Zex, but shorter and more stout by comparison. They figure that it must be Kyver posing uh, as Zex and are skeptical, but suspect that somehow Rig is alive and posing as Shanks. Uh, On their way back to his childhood home, Duo informs Zex that he has a letter addressed to him, waiting. Uh, They finally arrive at Zex's family home and get filled in on more details from his parents, and said he hands him the letter that they received a few days earlier. The group gathers around as Zex reads the letter that is from Agatha Vitalis. The letter sends a chill down Zex's spine, and he tries to wrap his head around what she could want from him. There's a weight in the room and unease as the group splits. They decide that Zex, Glad, and Galahad will look into the matter of these Drakewood travels, and that Argyle, Shanks, Salix, and Hoshino will go to Kyver's family home to see if he visited them and maybe get answers and confirmations as to who is with him. On the way, Argyle is stopped by a supposed fan of him asking if he can get his autograph and say his catchphrase, Stay Crunchy. There's some confusion and discussion of what this kid is talking about. Uh, Apparently, there is a tiefling in Naimora that calls himself Fat Argyle, and the group isn't sure what to do with Argyle's potential new alternate. Arriving at the Sabretooth Farm, they find his parents safe and thrilled to meet more of Kyver's friends. They find out that Kyver was there in Naimora at the same time that the events with the Vitalis uh, were happening. Kyver's mother, Rhea, tells them about who her son was traveling with, and the descriptions match those of Sirius, Wiaqua, Rig, and an armored figure that Shanks believes is Atros. They eventually make their way over to the Light of Elrin Temple uh, to talk to Rev and find uh, any information on what's been happening in Imora since they last spoke, though there isn't much to report besides the obvious. Uh, We move uh, to the other half of the party as the four leave the temple and starts planning a freestyle battle to determine who is indeed the best Argyle. Zex, Galahad, and Glad try to unlock clues as to the motive, method, and anything the Drakewood travels might have left behind at the bank before heading to explore the underground network underneath the city of Nymora. Galahad and Glad can tell that Zex's mind is racing and he's trying to keep himself busy, but the sight that he sees down in the vineyard, as it's called, while empty leaves a lasting impression. There's a lot of Kyra's story that now has a sense of tangibility and everyone's hearts are a bit heavier for having seen this place. No one thought that just a hundred feet or so below Naimora this whole time was a complex of horrors. Salix, Argyle, Shanks, and Hoshino are currently exploring ways to lure out this fat Argyle and have a friendly battle of words with him. Uh, They even have a caterer uh, for the event by the way of the murky armadillo. Uh, Eventually, while making this plan, uh, they meet Fat Argyle and agree to have a rap battle uh, that very evening. Uh, Further preparations are made with the owner, Sen, and uh, they will have an epic rap battle and baked goods just hours from now. And then the time comes to let the battle of food and words Commence. The two Argyles face off in an open courtyard outside of the murky armadillo. Fat Argyle comes at Slim Argyle uh, with an aggressive approach, while Slim Argyle took more of a poetic view of the competition. It was a glorious exchange of words and a spectacular show for the city of my of Nymora to behold. Uh, the food was incredible and the mood was electric as things wrapped, and it was decided. That slim Argyle was the winner by a very slim margin. No pun intended. Towards the end, the group enjoyed the rest of the food and connected with the people of Nomora, Fat Argyle, and eventually the rest of the party. With heavy hearts, Zex, Galahad, and Glad decided to enjoy this brief moment of joy and to save the sharing of what they found until the next day. Today is a day for revelry and rest. Okay, so, these six episodes drop a lot of information on the party all at once, with updates from JM, and all the revelations about the Vitalis family and Nymora, Kyver, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Things just drastically changed uh, regarding context for the party and what also made this string of episodes very interesting was uh several sessions only had a partial party at the table a large part of that was due to life obligations but for me it made it interesting uh and and had interesting grouping and it gave us the ability uh, to focus a little bit more on a few characters at a time and their stories. So we get a little bit more of an insight into smaller parts of the party rather than just the party as a whole. So that's that's me. Uh, that's what I enjoy most about these, these episodes here. Uh, please check out our social media accounts on most major platforms. Just search for The Medusas Cascade on the platform and give us a follow. We have some cool stuff coming and it's worth your time checking out. Also, if you're listening on a streaming platform, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it does help get the podcast out there for others to discover, and we would all appreciate the love and support. So we'll see you next week for Divergent Paths, and in two weeks for Collateral Damage 131. Until then, safe travels.